Now, today we're going to be stepping into a new series, okay? And this new series is, we're going to talk a little bit about evolution. Now, here's the thing, all right? It's not going to be a creation conversation in the way of evolution, but it's going to be an evolution in the way of our generosity, okay? Our generosity. So when we're talking about evolution, we're talking about this change or this growth in our generosity, now you're like, oh great, a series on money and tithing. No, here's the deal. It's not just on money. It's on whole life generosity. In other words, every aspect of our life should be generous, right? And we have a value as a church as well, a vision statement that we will be an extremely generous church. So guess what? We need to look at what's that going to look like? What does that mean for us to be a generous church? Okay, so just the other day, me and my boys were driving in the car, and there's, they're at this point now where they have a little bit of money of their own, and so they've been buying things, right? And so they bought these toys. I, I don't even know what they're called, but they're little, and they're terrible when you step on them, right? But here's the thing. So they're in the back of the car, right? They have these things, and oh, oh, I believe Graham grabbed Owen's thing, okay? I think they're called skate something. Anyway, they're little skater guys, okay? So anyway, oh, Owen, or Graham grabs Owen's. And so Owen screams out, that's mine, give it back, right? That's mine, give it back. And I was like, hey, Graham, you need to give that back, right? But let's also share, right? Like, let's share these toys that you've, you have, that you've bought, that you've purchased. And then just shortly after, we get home, we pull in, we go up, they go upstairs and play in the room with their new things. And I hear it again, that's mine, give it back. But this time it was Graham to Owen, right? But here's the thing. Okay, as we talk about this evolution of generosity, some of us maybe don't grow out of that, right? This idea of mine, and here we are as adults, and we maybe not scream it out, but we say, hey, these things are mine, right? And so here's what we want to see throughout this series, is this idea of evolution or change in our lives to this idea of being generous, Right? To be generous with the things that we have. And so we're going to use kind of this little illustration through the course of our series. You know, we're all about illustrations, right? So we're going to use this little illustration. And the idea is that we are growing in these three areas that we're going to look at throughout the series of this, of this series, okay? And so there's all these different levels, right? Like not yet, and maybe even no is down here, right? Like, no, I'm not doing it, okay? But then we have not yet, then we have first time, we have sometimes, we have often, and then we have what we're hoping to achieve is this whole life generosity, okay? Now, here's the thing. As we look at this series, we're gonna have a big idea. Now, normally we don't share our big ideas with you from our teaching team, but we feel like we wanna share our big idea of what we want you together throughout this series, okay? So here it is. First thing is this, God is a generous God, right? Can we agree on that? God is a generous God. Now, here's the next thing. His generous DNA must evolve within every follower of Jesus, right? It must evolve in every follower of Jesus. And here's the thing. As our generosity evolves, we share our lives, okay? Here's the three areas. We share our lives. We invest our resources. Notice I didn't say give. I said invest, okay? And then we serve our church. And these three things come together to create this idea of whole life generosity in our context as a church. Okay? So that's what we're going to be walking through these next couple weeks. And here's what we want you to see. 
okay? That we as a church, our mission statement is that we inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus, right? And so here's where this comes from. If we are inspiring you to live like Jesus and we look at the life of Jesus, what was Jesus? Jesus was a generous person, right? He was a giver of everything that he had. He was a generous, generous person. And so we're going to begin to look at that and what that looks like here for us in our lives, okay? And so as we move through the spiritual journey, I believe there's two ways that we approach this idea, okay? There's two ways, and here they are. Um, But here's what I want you to see in those two ideas. The first one is this, that we're always growing, right? We're always growing. Even if we get to this point of whole life generosity, if everything in our life is being generous, look here, we can still stack on top of that, right? Here in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about how we can't outgive God in our generosity because it's going to be continually growing. We're always growing. This is always an area that we ourselves can grow in. We can always be more generous. But here's the other part is that we're going in an area towards growth, right? So we're always growing, but then we're going towards an area of growth. In other words, we'll find out that one of these three areas, we maybe don't have that whole life generosity. So what are we doing? We're looking to grow that. We're looking to increase that. So here's the ways that we evolve in our generosity, okay? The first way is this, is that we immediately dump into it when we receive Christ, okay? So let me give you the example here. Okay, so you give your life to Christ, and then you are already kind of a generous person, right? So you start serving, you start giving, you start doing all these things, and it's just something that you are already doing. But now you have life, or you have Christ in your life, right? And then there's the other version where you don't have Christ in your life, and you're not a generous person. And so you then begin to start that process, right? You begin to start that process. Now, let me give you a picture of that for me and in my life, okay? So when I gave my life to Christ and really understood what that meant and what that looked like, when I was 15 years old, our student ministry was all about serving. On the fifth Sunday of every month, our student ministry did the greeting, they did the usher, they did all of the different things that were serving within the student ministry. So it was like I was already in it, right? And so I was in this area of serving, I maybe had a higher level, but I didn't have any money So I wasn't high in this level of giving, right? And so that had to evolve into my life. That had to change in my life. But here's the thing about it, okay? This idea of service was not just something that just because we did it as a student minister on Sunday morning, that's why I did it. But our student pastor at the time was doing an amazing job of walking us through the scriptures and saying, look, this is why we serve. And later it was, this is why we give, Dennis and I were just having this conversation a minute ago. You know, there are a lot of people that don't know Christ that can be really, really generous, right? They can be really, really generous, but still they don't know Christ. So why are they doing it? Well, they're doing it because they think that's just morally good, right? That's just morally good. But for me, as I was growing and going through church and and learning about this idea of service, it was the scripture that was backing this idea of me needing to serve. And what we discovered, or what I discovered is, look, as I look back, there's these three areas. Again, there's three areas. the serving the church, and the giving, and then sharing my life. Sharing my life. And that really wasn't something that I understood until I got to college. When I found myself at a school, and I only knew one other person. (laughs) 
right? My roommate, and that was it. And he was off in his smart classes, and I wasn't. And he had his smart friends, and I didn't enjoy hanging out with them because they were smart and I wasn't. But here's the thing. Man, it it forced me to find a place to connect. It It forced me to find a place to find community and to share life with others. And so here's the thing. Here's what that began to look like in my life. Okay, so the first one, I was committed to a group of people that I could grow together spiritually, right? So in my student ministry, I started in a small group. From that small group, I then got to college, and that evolved into this idea of Bible studies, right? And being together and connecting. But here's the thing. I also needed to find in college a place that I could go to be connected, a church body, a community to be a part of. And then from there, that grew as I came back from school, and I was connected with these other people, and I was doing life with them, right? I was sharing my life. And then the idea of of giving As I said, I didn't have any money in high school, so I didn't understand this idea of giving. I got to college, still didn't have any money, and still didn't give. But then at the end of college, I realized, hey, look, as I was reading through the scripture, here's what God asked me to do. Right? He asked me to give. He asked me to return something that he's given to me. And so I began to do that. Not at 10%, but just, hey, I've got a couple bucks, let me throw it in. But as I read more and more, I found the boundaries of what Jesus or of what God gives us in the way of giving. And I began to adjust my life according to that. And then this area of serving my church. Again, it started from 15 years old running a camera on a Sunday morning. We had a video ministry at our church, and they let students handle the camera. And then from there, I went into, um, went into greeting on a Sunday morning at 18 and 19 years old. Here I am greeting on a Sunday morning, right? And then from there, I went to college and service. Man, it went down to not only not yet, but it went down to no. Like, I'm not serving. I'm not doing that. You're crazy. But then I got back and I came back from school and yeah, here it is. I found a place in the student ministry where I began to serve and connect. And then from there, moved up even into like a leadership role as a small group leader. And then from small group leader, moved into on staff. But here's the thing. Even if I wasn't on staff, this would still be something that I would be doing in my life. Why? Because it's something Jesus has instructed me to do. The scriptures have instructed me to do. Right? So, I want you to close your eyes for just a second. All right? And I want you to think about and imagine what a church would look like, okay, if it were living in this way. In other words, if we were sharing life together, what would it look like? I mean, think of the love and the care that we would have for one another, right? Think of the friendships that we would have. And we talk about this vision statement of being known and knowing that you're known. Imagine if we were all sharing life together in some way, connected in one way, whether it be through our city groups that are coming in the next month or so, and our discipleship groups that are coming in the next month or so, or whether it be through our open tables, which we're going to be talking about through this series. Look, you then have people that you're sharing life with and connecting with. And you want to see a church that's making disciples, that makes disciples, that makes disciples, then we're sharing life with one another. Right? We're sharing life with one another. Now visualize this for a second. If everybody in our church were giving 10% of their incomes... Imagine how extremely generous of a church we could be. And I'll tell you this, it's not so that I can get rich. It's not so that Pastor Matt can get rich. 
In fact, I'm still at a place that we're raising support, so it's not even going to me, which I love because then what comes in here to our church can go right back out to our neighborhood and to our city around us. Right? It takes care of what we want to do. What do we want to see? We want to see our neighborhood impacted in a huge, huge way. But unfortunately, we have to have resources to do it. But look here, if we were giving, man, think of the ministries we could support. Think of the ways here in Miriam and in Mission, the people that we could connect with and how we could offer so much to them. And then what if everybody in our church served and was a part of this body? And many of you are. Don't hear me wrong, right? Many of you are. But look here, if we were to serve as a body, man, Kristen would have a bench, right? Our children's director, she would have a bench and she would be able on a Saturday afternoon not to go, oh no, what am I going to do tomorrow? Or, oh, I'm going to have to step in that role. But she would be able to call somebody up and say, hey, jump on. Right? Christina wouldn't be in a place where on Saturday night if somebody's kids get sick or something like that, she's like, oh, we're in a pinch. But we'd have a bench. Right? We'd have a bench. And here's the thing. I want to I just applaud and congratulate you in how many of you have signed up to help with the Turkey Creek Festival. Like, we're at a place that we have, we have maxed it out, correct? Like, we don't need any more people. So I thank you for that. I thank you so much for giving up your Saturday to serve our community. Man, it's huge. And it's making a great impact with Sarah at the city. Like she is just blown away going, wow, this is a cool church. But that's the cool things that happen when we are generous with not only our resources, but our time, right? The things that we have, we are returning them back and giving them. Now, here's the thing. You're like, man, that'd be a really cool picture, right? And I've got one more for you that I just thought of. What if every Sunday morning we all took on the role of a greeter? Now, I'm not saying that we stand at the front door and we make a tunnel, right? That's not what I'm saying, all right? But here's what I'm saying is that we say, I'm not going to let anybody come into this place and not feel connected, right? Man, wouldn't that be incredible? You talk about being known and know that you're known. Yeah, You're not leaving this place without being greeted by somebody, right? Wouldn't that be incredible? Now, here's the deal. We talk about all that and we say, yeah, that'd be really cool. But here's what I want you to know. That vision, that picture is not impossible. It's not impossible. And some of us would maybe even argue and say, well, you know, I don't think it is possible. But here's the deal. I've seen the benefits of it since the age of 15 in giving of our life, in a whole life way, right? In the things that we have and being generous with them. Now, here's the other thing, okay? That if we don't evolve in this, if we don't grow in this, in other words, if we sit here with this idea of mine and this closed-fisted mentality that these things are mine, then we will never be a whole life generous person or church. In other words, we can't hold on to it tightly and say, oh yes, I'm very, very generous. But then we never give anything that we have, our time, talents, or treasures. We never give any of that. Then we are not even near, near whole life generosity, right? We're not even close. We're maybe at the first time or the sometimes, but if we hold tight to it. So here's the thing, as your leader, as your pastor, and what I've been called to do is ask us to open up 
your fist. To open them up and not to say, hey, let me open that up so that you can give all that to me. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is open that up so that you can give to others and see the benefits of it. See the benefits of it. Because there are great benefits of it, as we're going to talk about here in a moment and what we see in the scriptures. But that's part of my responsibility, okay? And if we keep this attitude of mine, we will not ever be an extremely generous church. It won't happen. But I also want to let you know that many of you are doing it, right? Many of you are doing it. We're being extremely generous. But if we all are generous, man, imagine what that looks like. It looks like that picture that we just painted. Doesn't it? It looks like that picture we just painted. So now let's go to the scripture and see what the scripture says, right? Because you've heard me talk a lot now. Let's see what the scripture says. So this morning we're going to start in Romans 12. Okay, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, because here's what happens in our life, is that we create these patterns, right? And these patterns, for some of us, may have even started all the way back when we were a kid, and this idea of mine, right? And so we get now to adulthood, and we're holding on to these things, and it's now become a pattern or a rut in our life, and that's where we're at. And so maybe we're holding on tightly, right? We're holding on tightly. But look at what the scripture says. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. You know what makes Transformers so cool, like the movie and the toys? Is that they change from a car to a robot. Like, that's incredible, right? That's what transformation is. It is a complete change. So when we have a transformation of our mind, we have a complete change of our mind. A renewing is how he puts it here in the scriptures, right? And so do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, here's the deal. This transformation, isn't this also the story of the gospel, The good news of Jesus Christ, right? We were dead in our sin. We were dead in our trespasses, but now we have been renewed. We have been transformed. We have been changed, and now we have life. We have life to the full, right? We've been changed. We've been transformed. Man, what a story that is. But here's the deal. We change our thinking patterns. We change our mind because here's what happens a lot of times is we say, I don't need to change my mind. My circumstances need to change. That's what needs to change. My circumstances need to change. I need more money. If I had more time, if I had less things to do, I'd be able to serve. Right? But here's the deal. I want to press in on that for just a second, okay? Because we say that, and we hope that, that if these circumstances will change, then I'll change too. So, How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, but think about it for a second. How many of you maybe make more money than you did five years ago? Right? And has that made you now a more generous person? So did that change with the circumstance changing? Does that make sense? So the circumstance changed. Did your generosity change with that? Because here's what I tend to do. I tend to have uh, the little rascals mentality. I got a dollar. I got a dollar, I got a dollar, hey, 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 right? Like, I'm going to spend that dollar. And I'm not, not going to spend that dollar on somebody else. I'm going to spend that dollar on me, right? Because what? It's extra, 
and it's mine, and I'm going to hang on to it. But isn't that what we tend to do? We tend to say, oh, if the circumstances change, and then the circumstances change, but we maybe don't. But look here, again, what does he say? He says there's, there's a renewing of the mind, right? A renewing of the mind so that we may discern what is good, what is pleasing, and what is perfect will of God. Now let's shake this out a little bit here in the first group of believers, the first church. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be over now in Acts chapter 4. And we see here that this is amazing, amazing community that is happening in this place. So look what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now the large group of those who believed were of one heart and of one mind. And no one said that any of his possessions were his own, but instead they held everything in common. And the apostles were giving testimony with great power to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was on all of them, for there was not a needy person among them. Because all of those who owned land or houses sold them, bought the pro- brought the proceeds to the, or excuse me, brought the proceeds to the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed for each person's basic need. Man, doesn't that sound like a generous community? Right? A generous, generous community. A giving community. But here's the thing. Look, they were taking care of each other in the things that they needed. And the reason they were doing that was out of necessity because this community was ultimately on an island by themselves. Not a physical island, but they were out here by themselves. Because here they are preaching and teaching Jesus. Right? They're focused on Jesus. And you have the Romans and you have the Jews over here and they're going, wait, you guys are following the teachings of Jesus. You need to be following what we're laying out for you. And they said, no, no, no. We're going to follow the teachings of Jesus. That's what we're going to follow. That's what we're going to do. And so that group over there doesn't like this group over here. And so this group over here has to start kind of taking care of themselves right? But what has happened? Well, their hearts have been renewed, their minds have been renewed, and their thinking is now different. And so they are saying, look what it says. It says, their possessions were not their own. No one said that any of their possessions were his own, but instead they held everything in common. Their minds had been renewed. Their minds had been changed. The early church focused on two things. They focused on the resurrection of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus. That's what they focused on. And that then shaped how they would now live their life. And so they saw the same thing. Jesus is a generous person. We need to be generous with one another. If this community is being developed and formed, we need to be generous to one another. And so here's the deal. The early church was not screaming out, mine, but they were screaming out, it's his and it's yours, it's ours. Right? They weren't screaming mine. They weren't holding tight-fisted. And look, they even go to the place that they're selling their homes, they're selling their land, and they're bringing it in and going, hey, whatever you need, let's do it. Right? These are the things that I have. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to go out and sell our houses this week, okay? Don't hear me wrong. We don't have to go sell our land. But I do want you to check, are you generous in the things that God has given you? Right? How do you use the things that God has given you? Do you use them just for you? Or do you allow others to use those things? What does that look like for you? Is it closed-fisted? Is it tight-fisted? 
Or is it open-handed to say, this is not even mine, this is the Lord's? But here's the deal. I've got kind of a startling statement maybe for you. I hope that I don't blow too many minds, but here it is, okay? Are you ready? If we choose to follow Jesus, we will have to live a life different than the customs of this world. Right? Let me say that again. If we choose to follow Jesus, we will have to live a life different than the customs of this world. You will not be able to fully conform to the patterns of this world. You won't be able to do it. Again, the early church was focused on what? The teachings of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus. And I can tell you that when you focus your life on that, people are going to raise an eyebrow. Right? People are going to ask questions. You're giving up your whole Saturday in a couple weeks to do what? To serve at the Turkey Creek Festival? Why would you do that? You give your money where? And how much? For what? Right? Like questions begin to be asked. You're really going to a Bible study instead of X, Y, or Z? Like you're wanting to share life with these people more so than going over here and doing this? These questions arise, right? Man, you're going to waste your Sunday morning like that? It's beautiful outside. What are you doing? It looks different than the world because we're not conformed to it, but we're transformed, we're changed. Now, here's the deal, and something I just want to kind of make clear, okay? Through this series, our goal is not to teach you how to give in the way of money, right? Like, that's not our goal. But here's what our goal is. Our goal is to teach you how to live, right? So not how to give, but how to live. And we believe, as leadership of your church, that if we can accomplish this, if we can be whole life generous in each of the areas of our life, man, then we will make an impact on this community and we will make an impact for the kingdom of God. That's what we truly believe. And through this series, you're going to see it. You're going to see it, that we can't outgive God. And so if we are giving, guess what? He's going to fill us right back up. He's going to fill us right back up. He's going to be there to help us through that. Now, here's the thing. And this is kind of what we're focusing on as we go through this series. Okay? Matthew 6, 33. So if you have your Bibles, turn over there with me. Matthew 6, 33, and maybe you know this verse, but it says this. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Now, here's what it doesn't say. Seek first all the things that you want, and then the kingdom of God right? What does it say to seek first? It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what he desires for us to pursue. That's what he desires for us to chase after. But then look what happens. All these things will be provided for you. Now, does that mean that you're going to get everything that you want, everything that you need if you just seek first the kingdom of God? No, that's not what it means. But what it does mean is that he won't put you in a pinch. In other words, he is going to provide for you. He'll provide for you. 
It'll be there. It'll be there. So seek first. Right now, what does that word seek mean? Seek first. It means go after. It means look for. It means engage with, right? I have never, yesterday, me and my boys went geocaching. And so we just sat in the car because we were seeking geocaches. No, we went out in the woods, right? And we sought what we were looking for. We went after it. We pursued it, right? We looked for it. And that's what he's asking us to do. Seek the kingdom and seek his righteousness. That's what we are to pursue. That's what we're to go after. To seek first his kingdom. You see, here's the deal. Every kingdom has a king, right? Every kingdom has a king. And the king has the authority over that kingdom to set the standards for that kingdom. And so if Jesus is our king, then he has the authority to set the standards over our kingdom. And if we're a member of that kingdom, we are then to follow what the king has given us. Right? And so if we look at our king, our king is a generous king. Our king is a giving king. He is one that cares for others. That's who he is. Now, here's the deal. A couple different ways that we could look at this idea of the kingdom, okay? And you have a spot to take notes in your, in your worship guide there. But the first one is this idea of prosperity. Now, again, I don't want you to hear me wrong, okay? Because there is gospels going around, good news gospels that are going around called the prosperity gospel, where they are saying all you have to do is say what you want and you'll get what you want. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Not what I'm saying. There's others that are saying, hey, in the way of prosperity, if you follow Christ, then you're never gonna be poor. In fact, you're gonna be super rich and you're gonna have everything you need. It's not what I'm saying either. But what I'm saying when I talk about the idea of prosperity is that you make the place you're going better, right? You make it prosper. You make it better. You help it. Pastor Matt has a great thing that he says about this idea. He says, look, when you go to a party, don't bring the cheap dip, right? Don't bring the cheap Coke. Don't bring the Dr. Thunder. Don't bring the Mountain Lightning. Bring the good stuff. Make that party better because you're there, right? Bless that party. Be generous to that party or to that group. When you go to a restaurant, leave the good tip, no matter how bad the waiter is or the waitress. Like, leave the good tip. Make that place better. Make it prosper. Here's another way to think through maybe the kingdom, this idea of integrity, right? This idea of integrity, that we will do the right thing even when no one is looking. We'll do the right thing even when no one is looking. And I can tell you, man, if you're at a job and you follow those first two, if you're helping it to prosper and you have a heart of integrity, and you're going to have a hard time losing that job, <laughs> right? Because you're making that place better and you're doing the right thing even when nobody's looking. Here's the third way to begin to kind of think about and look at the kingdom, this idea of justice. In other words, you make wrong things right, right? You correct things that are wrong. You assist, you give of yourself so that wrong things become right. Man, it changes our thought, right? It changes our thinking. So what do we do? We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And here's the, here's the idea, okay? If we are living righteously, then it is perhaps easier for God to bless us. So let me give you an example of this. If we were to have um, a classroom full of kids and you have that kid in the back, 
right? Who's always, and maybe you were this kid. I was sometimes. But if you're that kid in the back that's spitting the spit wads and you're always uh, doing exactly what the teacher, or the opposite of what the teacher asks you to do. Like if you're that kid, or if you're the kid in the front who always does what they're supposed to do and is following the rules, and then everybody, or those two people are sitting there at a C, right? Like a 79, and maybe they need to bump up one point. Which one is that teacher maybe going to be a little more generous to? Right? The one that's maybe not going against all the rules, but is living a little bit more righteous. So, through this series, here's our, here's our goal. Here's our hope, okay? Is that we move towards whole life generosity. That every part of our life is generous. People look at our lives and they go, wow, that person is generous. That person is a giver. And not, again, not just from a financial standpoint. But man, I have a garage full of toys. Or uh, not toys, tools. You need a tool? Come borrow one, right? Like, oh, your car broke down. I have, I don't, I don't. But I have three. Use one, right? Like, if you have extra vehicles or whatever. But how is it? that maybe somebody could be helped, that you could show your generosity, right? And our goal, again, is to move to this idea of whole life generosity. And it may not be an overnight thing, right? Like, we may have to evolve. We may have to change. Like, that, that logo there, right? You have the first guy that's just holding on to everything that he has. But then he begins to say, well, you know, I might. I might. And then the next guy is like, well, here, here, take a little bit. Right? But he's not all in yet, like the last guy who's like, you know what? Whatever God so desires me to do, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to give it. Whatever it is, I'm going to do it. But that's where our evolution of generosity is going to look over these next couple weeks as we walk through it. All right? But here's the thing. Here's our hope. Is that we have a renewal of our minds in being generous. We have a change in thinking in being generous. And when we do that, man, we're going to impact our kingdom. We're going to impact our neighborhood. And we're going to see people looking to us as a church and going, wow. Just like Sarah at Miriam is going, wow. You have brought all these volunteers to the table for Turkey Creek. Wow. And we'll be a church that makes an impact. We'll be a church that makes a change. I promise. And you may say, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But as we're going to talk about next week, and man, I want to encourage you to try to be here every week through this series, or you're, you're going to miss something, right? But here's the next part that we're going to see next week, is that we cannot, cannot outgive God. We can't do it. He will continually fill the bucket. All right? So here's what we're going to do next. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And they're going to play through a song for a minute. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think through here on our illustration, okay? If we're at this place of, let's say, green is sharing your life, right? Sharing your life with others. Opening your home to others. Opening your life to others. Where do you maybe fall here, right? And then investing your resources. Where do you fall on that? Where are you there? And then also serving your church. Where do you feel like you're at? If you were to look at this stack of blocks here, where do you fall? 
And as they play through this song, I'm just going to ask you and encourage you to think through that. Man, God, where am I? And you may have looked at it and you go, okay, that's where I am. But I want you to just for a moment spend some time with the Lord and really check your heart. Is that truly where you are? Or is that where you want to be? Right? And where do you want to be? That's another thing you could be thinking through. Where do I want to be? Do I truly want to be an extremely generous person? What does that look like in my life? And then as we go through this week, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You may have a regular reading plan, but I don't think I'm asking too much here. But what I'd like for you to do is to spend this week spending time and meditating on Matthew 6, 33. Just that verse. Just that verse. But read through that verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Each day, I'd love for you just to read over that. Whether you write it on a card, you have it on your nightstand, put it in your car, whatever it is. Maybe you make it the screensaver on your phone. But in some way, you are meditating this week on Matthew 6. And I can guarantee you that you're going to see a change in your thinking. (laughs) You're going to see a change in your thinking. And you're going to see a change and a renewal, if you will, of your mind. All right? Can we be an extremely generous church? Is that too much to ask? Can we be an extremely generous church? Okay, can we be an extremely generous church? Yes. Yes? Well, let's begin and let's see maybe where we think we are and how that can look, all right? So let me pray for us. And then our band's just going to lead us through a song. And we'd love for you to reflect through that song. Father, we thank you so much. Father, for the generosity that you have given us by giving your son... By giving your son on a cross for each and every one of us. Lord, that is, that is pretty generous. But Father, also, your son was extremely generous in the things that he gave in his time on earth. And his time with us. But Lord, you so desire our hearts to be generous. And so as we look through this series and as we go through this week, Lord, may you speak to us to where our hearts are and where our hands are in the way of generosity. And Lord, we give this time to you over these next few minutes as we sing through this song. And even this week, Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to us in a way that makes it clear to where we are. And Lord, no matter where we are, if we're at the bottom or if we're at the top, Lord, we pray that you will begin to grow in us this idea of generosity. And Lord, that our hands will be opened and will be giving to what you have for us. And Lord, we look forward to what that looks like for our community. Lord, we look forward to what that looks like to the people around us and the places that we go and the things that we do. And Father, we give that to you. Lord, speak to us through this time as we go into this song. Lord, make yourself real to us. Speak to us and show us. And we just pray these things in your name. Amen.